It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. Alongside me, Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO White Sox. We're coming to you live from a new Studio B, a new look. Mm-hmm. New, new, new Studio B. Yeah, we had a couple different looks this week. This is Sarah, our producer. Hi. Um, I didn't see the new version. This is the new, new. Did you see the new version? Um, that was the first one. I think it was the CHGO uh, podcast on Thursday. Yeah. With uh, Casey, uh, Kevin, and Law Dog. Yeah, it looked nice. They were all like straight and such and all. Here's a broadcast. I don't know what to do now with my like hands. Now we're a little uh, angled. Yeah, exactly. I just put them on here. <laughs> I, I Usually don't... I have them on the, like, the, the arms of the chairs that we sit in this room. The complaint about Studio B is the chairs are uh, uncomfortable. Yes, I think they're. Uh, do you think they're uncomfortable? These right here. Yeah, where you're sitting. On. No, these are fine. Oh, they're uncomfortable. I like. I, I mean, I would think so. Yeah, you don't have any real back support. I, I feel mean, like this is the real. Like this is the only way that I can do this. It's. Am I messing up the mic here? Like I have to no. sit up very straight, hold the microphone. Theoretically, you can just do this thing and loosen it up a little bit, and then it goes up. AJ saying you're looking a little pale. Looking a little pale. Uh-huh. Usually that I never get that one. Yeah, but. It's not the word I used to describe you. Um, I get you, AJ. <laughs> we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Tim Anderson's 2023. We're going to be opening up the CHGO diehard mailbag, which AJ is a part of. So do I like in the thing? Does the is there a light upon me that I, makes me look lighter? I maybe it's because you're just the only thing that's in a shadow. Yeah. Um, Peyton all said Herb? Question mark. Yes, it is. Are you Herb? Herb? I am. All right, that's the first question from the Mailbag Monday. Uh, And then uh, we're also going to talk about uh, uh, some baseball news. Uh, Apparently, the Guardians are getting close to a new manager uh, after Terry Francona uh, just oddly kind of walked away from baseball, uh, very unceremoniously. Um, So. Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, talk about who the Guardians might be replacing oh, Frank Oh, that's Kona how I'm looking pale. Okay, I get it. Um, <laughs> oh, so is her, you are looking like Jay Zawoski. Yes. Oh, okay. Or, or Greg. That's good. Or Mario. Mario's kind of dark, though. So maybe not him. But yeah, probably Jay. Got you. As they uh, called him, the pink one himself. <laughs> back in the score days. Uh, so why not the red one? Didn't he have red hair? This wasn't, it was a Mike Norris uh, thing for him and Nick Shepkowski. Got you. Um, So let's jump into 
I think probably the first thing being the new stuff. Yeah. Studio B, but also our new website. Uh, we do have a brand new article up from Vindy Duber, who's not here, uh, but you can go read that at allchio.com. Uh, website's still the same, uh, but look, it looks different. Hey, mm-hmm. isn't that cool? Uh, you can see Vinny's uh, uh, advertar not only uh, on the side that Sarah put there, but also uh, underneath the headline, uh, and he talks about the, the paths that the White Sox can take this offseason, whether to be uh, contending or not contending. Um, and why don't we start there where uh, Vinny, uh, you know, let us off with some Shakespeare to be or not to be, uh, are the white Sox going to be contenders in 2024? Like what does your gut say? The more and more you have to think about this team, the more and more we do this five days a week, should the white Sox be going for it? Whatever that means in 2024, or should they be, you know, building for the future? They should be building for the future. Uh, any GM or front office executive worth their salt would look at this team and say, hmm. I don't like how it's constructed. It's a bunch of swing and miss guys without any power. Like, if you're going to swing and miss, be Kyle Schwarber. Run into one every once in a while. This team swings and misses and doesn't run to a lot. So I would look at this and say, the only player that I'm not tied down to, just because I can't get even close to the value that I need for him, is Luis Robert because you're not going to get – there's no team out there with enough prospects capital to both pay you for the player, the contract, and him becoming better in the future under this relatively inexpensive contract he's in. So he's the only one that would stay, and that's the only untouchable I would have for the White Sox. Everybody else would have to go. If I can get something for Dylan Cease that is of his ilk, I'm getting it. Same thing all the way throughout the roster. But it's more likely the White Sox are going to miss the playoffs yet again in 2024 than them making the playoffs even in the bad AL Central because we saw the top of the AL Central is way far away from the White Sox, and that's without probably one of their best players in Byron Buxton didn't play a lot of this year. And Royce Lewis coming up and doing some damage. That's just his first real season of baseball, and he's off hurt too. So, yeah, we're really far away from the Minnesota Twins and, uh, truth be told, the Detroit Tigers and the Guardians too. No? I don't know about no? that. I mean, you just named the three best players, and they're all hurt. Like, and they yeah, still— Buxton's fine. I mean— And they still were, what, 20, 30 games ahead of us? That's true. But, I mean, again, like, are, if the White Sox are any better, they're—I mean, like— I mean, like the White Sox can at least, you know, kind of even out those scales if they just play better baseball. Yeah, uh, they were horrendous, even offensive uh, yes. in 2023. Um, I don't know if they're going to be horrendous and offensive again. I just don't know if you can physically be that bad at baseball for two years straight. I mean, we said that in, tw- in 22. In what? That they wouldn't be. They, oh, right. They would be worse. They couldn't go 81 and 81 again. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't think uh, about 100 losses. No. Uh, yeah. No, I mean. I, I hear you, and I, I think that it's easier to go all out. But, like, we'll use Tim as an example. Like, if they decline Tim's option, does that mean that they are not going for it? I think if they decline Tim's option, that would be probably to the detriment of the team. Um, you'll see him probably get picked up quickly in the Major League Baseball because, yes, even though we're going to grade him and it won't be pretty, 
he still has a lot of potential to be the player that he used to be instead of the player that he is currently. And so they will eventually uh, regret just not signing Tim. The better move is to do the $14 million and trading him. If you don't want him on the team, there's other options than just to release him. As we see with uh, Kyle Schwarber right now, when they non-tendered him, he was 30 or 28 back then. Tim's 30. He's a shortstop. I think he has some baseball playing years in him still, and I think somebody's going to pick him up immediately. And if you have him for $14 million, I think people are going to still call for Tim Anderson this offseason. Maybe not a lot, but it's en- enough where you're probably just going to have to pay a certain amount of that $14 million, and then you can might get some prospects back for him. And, uh, hey, they can see us now. So now they can actually see uh, the new, new Studio yeah, B. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Oh, it's all good. Uh, the new, new Studio B, and uh, Herb looks less pale. Ah. So that's good. Because Thank again, you, never, I was laughing at that. Everyone's like, "That's the palest I've ever seen, guys." And I was <laughs> like, "I was like, wait a minute." <laughs> oh, I'm pretty pale. Mm, no, you're all right. Yeah, you got some. You got some. I don't know. Me and Jay Zawaski are the same, same shade of cream. I think. Yeah. Uh, white. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Uh, I was in uh, Vegas and uh, I put on so much sunscreen it was stupid. I, I think I honestly probably uh, you know bumped up uh, whatever. Neutrogena is not a sunscreen company. It is. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, w- it would have been funnier if I had a, a sunscreen off the top of my head. But I, I bumped up their stock points, you know, one, two, three points just because you know, of the amount of sunscreen to put on myself. That's uh, good. That's good. Try. You stayed self, safe out there. I mean, it's no joke to put some sunscreen on even for people who are darker like me. I could have put been, some sunscreen on y'all. <laughs> cancer is, is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also would look like a crab right now uh, if I didn't. Uh, but glad you guys can see us. Go check out the brand new allchgo.com again uh, to read Vinny's thoughts on Chris Getz's two options here. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, let's flash Tim's grades because you, you bring it up that, you know, Tim wouldn't be uh, on the market for long, that he'd be a hot commodity, mm-hmm. that teams would pick him up. Uh, you and I didn't discuss this uh, too much no. here because Tim was pretty bad. Oh, my God. Uh, his offense in 2023, NF. His defense in 2023, an F. Overall, you put an F and an F together, it's an F. Um, I, I know that this is kind of repetitive because we've been talking about Tim Anderson's bad 2023. Um, and there was some talk in the Discord about grades. Um, and, and it's good to know feedback. Um, and I think AJ put a, it is good, you know, in a good way. Um, he said, I think it's tough with the season grades this time uh, around uh, in 2023 because we've had so many discussions about X player is having a bad year um, and is bad. Um, and that being an entire episode is really exhausting, uh, but there's nothing uh, that really hasn't been said already. Um, so just to hammer home the point, I guess, of mm-hmm. what we have been talking about, we've been doing this show since he got injured in Minnesota. Yes. I mean, again, he had 11 good games, started off the season right. He looked fine in the World Baseball Classic um, at second base. Got mm-hmm. rave reviews from Mark, Mark DeRosa. Um, his projections in 2023, 602 plate appearances. Again, he did not reach that. Was injured. Uh, 16 home runs. He hit one. Uh, walk percent of 3.8. Uh, K rate of 19.1. Slash rate of 293. On base of 324. Slug of 432. Weighted runs created plus of 114. F war of 3.3. Um, again, I don't know if we need to go through the dead body of the 60 OPS plus season for <laughs> Tim Anderson in 2023. Um, and honestly, the more I'm talking about it, I feel like you're right. I feel like if he did hit the market... Why wouldn't the Dodgers pick him up? 
Why? Why? I mean, they just ran with Ahmed Rosario, and I was flabbergasted when you last year said Ahmed Rosario was a better Cleveland Guardian than Tim Anderson was a White Sox, and that was in 2022 when he was an All Star. Mm-hmm. He's starting All Star shortstop for the uh, American League. Why wouldn't the the Dodgers pick him up? Because especially if he's you know bought out and they don't have to do anything besides just outbid somebody. Yeah, I mean they they picked up Jason Hayward. Yeah, <laughs> look I'm, at what he did. I mean. Tim Anderson is a year away from what you're talking about. A year away from the starting shortstop in the American League. And the thing I want to say about Tim is, and those grades are well-earned, and I hope he's watching. I hope somebody who's an advocate of his is watching. Send it to him. Because in the offseason, when Dansby Swanson, uh, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, and Carlos Correa were signing their big-time deals at shortstop, Tim Anderson was like, eyes Oh, okay. I see these top of the market shortstops are getting money. And I took that as Tim wants that type of money. He's not in that class. Like, Dancy Swanson is the best defensive shortstop in the league right now. And he has some offense with him, too. Tim was, according to the Fielding Bible, the worst shortstop in Major League Baseball. And he was the worst Major League hitter at shortstop for a person that had 500 or bet played appearances or more. Like, that, to me, tells me this guy is something's wrong with him. Because you don't go from being the starting shortstop in the American League to being what he is now. And like you said, somebody, if the White Sox were to say, hey, you know what, we need a change of scenery for you, Tim, and for us, because the clubhouse is uh, such a disarray, and we think you're a part of that, you need to get out of here and they just let him go, I think it'll be one of the biggest regrets they'll have in their uh, in their career, so especially Chris Getz's early career. I, I brought up Kyle Schwarber. You see him hitting home runs now. The Cubs just straight didn't tend to hear him an offer when he was a 28-year-old power hitter. Now, lefty power bat, they would need that. Now, Tim is not of that. He just doesn't have a special skill that people say, I need that. At least it's gone away. The The bat-to-ball skill has gone away this year. His offensive numbers were tanked this year. Like, if you look at his rankings and his uh, percentile rankings, he's one of the worst. Like, he had a, what, a in the one percentile and expected way to um, base percentage this year. Hella terrible. But immediately when he gets released, if he does not get uh, offered a, a contract, somebody will pick him up. And it might not be for $14 million, It might be for $10 million. But he will play well because I said this before. He needs to play as a 30, 31-year-old player for his 32, 33, 34, 35 years. And so this year coming up, I guarantee he's going to be in the gym. I guarantee he's going to be eating right. I guarantee he's going to be doing all those things to get that contract right. Because that contract right year is a real thing. Because he knows without it, like he has another bad year in 2023, 2024. Teams will be like, oh, you're just washed. You're, ca- you're, you're cashed. But imagine he had a good year. Then they could say 2023 is the outlier. Everything else is what Tim Anderson is. And then they'll, his agent will go off of that and say, hey, pay him as a top-tier shortstop, which I still don't think he is, but I guarantee they'll be going for that top-tier money. Yeah, and I mean, but he obviously needs the results. Uh, and I guess I think back to how the season ended for for him and um I think Vinny said this on the show and if he didn't he's not here to yell at me um Tim did not speak to the assembled media 
I believe they requested him and he did not speak mm-hmm. to the assembled media. Um, again, there's no quotes from Tim at the end of the season. Uh, so I think you could just infer that Tim didn't speak. Uh, and we know Chris Getz said that he was going to have multiple conversations with Tim uh, this offseason. I, again, just thinking about the player, thinking about what we have seen from Tim, um, this team sucks. I don't know if I'm fully in on this team not being able to contend in 2024 because mm-hmm. if they get their pitching right and they're not a garbage pitching staff yeah. and Brian Bannister, uh, the pitching God, is able to uh, work his magic and fix everybody from Tuki Toussaint to Dylan Cease, uh, baby, let's go. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know if you take Tim not speaking as Tim understands what 2024 means to him and he knows that all he can do is just go out and work Mm -hmm. and he understands that he's going to be here right like that you know why why wouldn't the white Sox pick him up in 2024 i think if you decline that option too he probably works even harder (laughs) to just then you got someone spiting him um but again like that might be best for his career like i I don't i'm just trying to figure out how do you get tim anderson back and I think that it is very, very possible that a change of scenery is exactly what he needs. He needs somebody to, you know, say fuck you to. Like, he, he needs somebody to, you know, push that uh, 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 drive. And I, I maybe it, it comes from the Sox declining that option. Um, I don't know if the Sox, like, giving him that faith of picking up that option gives him a Lucas Giolito mindset where he's like, Oh, this team believed in me. So you know, now I want to work hard for them. Um, I guess it comes down to just how healthy can Tim be because regardless of how much he wants it, how much can his body actually produce? And you keep bringing up uh, Kyle Schwarber. That was just bad scouting. That was the Cubs not understanding how to fix somebody who uh, was just, I think very young. Uh, you look at 2019 played 155 games 2020 Schwarber played 59 games out of 60 uh, and then they let him go yeah like obviously there was the 2016 injury that led for him to come back and make that heroic you know come back in the 2016 playoffs for that team Um, but he largely wasn't hurt for his career Um, the only time he really dealt with injury was 2021 and you know he hit 32 home runs so who wouldn't want to sign him oh the White Sox um (laughs) But uh, hurts. ever since then, 155 games, 160 games. So, like, he doesn't have that same red flag of Tim with injuries. Yeah. So, I just, again, we're, I don't have Tim Anderson's medicals. I haven't talked to Tim Anderson. I feel like if the White Sox let him go and he does have another all-star season, I don't know if fans can be pissed at that because I don't think that if he goes away he was ever going to have that that year with the Sox, right? Like, I, I... I get to what you're saying. Like, things are not the same. Like, the 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 timeline changes and you the time-space continuum changes. He's not going to have this type of season no matter where he's at. He's If it's the White Sox, Dodgers, Yankees, this season will change. He'll only have this type of season if he changes the team because it's, hey, I don't get to do the same things. The fans here are behind me. I feel like I get a breath of fresh air. The organization's better than I was before. I get what you're saying there. And so, yeah. Schwarber's probably saying, you know, hey, fuck you, Theo Epstein, because you guys drafted me. And then he works with Kevin Long. So then he's able to change his swing and then start elevating high fastballs. And then, oh, hey, look, there's the guy that, you know, uh, is Babe Ruth. And then Um, people are like, oh, he's only betting 198. I do not care. Please let a White Sox bet 198 198 and hit 47 home runs. 
I'll praise the hell out of that man. You know what's funny? Um, 155, uh, 155 games in 2019. He had a batting average of 250. Um, right, and they were preaching contact, contact, contact. He had an OPS of 122. Uh, in 2023, played 160 games, had a batting average of 197, had an OPS of 122, uh, and hit 47 home runs. Uh, it's almost like they're paying him to hit home runs. So that's, that's what you have him on the team for. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I just feel that. If there is something that is very glaring on Tim Anderson's medicals and there is something that the White Sox believe he can't bounce back in, Mm -hmm. I would be fully fine if they said, we are going to try to compete and decline Tim Anderson's option because, A, that's what, $13 more million you get to spend on the actual team. Yeah. Um, You don't have to pay towards a hurt player. Um, Like, we we saw them give Tim Anderson 122 at-bats um, an injured Tim Anderson, 122 at bats or 122 games of uh, injured at bats. Like, do you want to see more of that? Like, I don't want to see that in 2024. No, but um, the thing is, I don't know if they have a contingency plan for shortstop. Their contingency plan will bring Elvis Andres back, or let's have Popeye or Leaning Sosa or people that we know can't play shortstop at a major league level for 100 plus games. And the options, and I see you have some there, not great. Not great at all. So, like, Tim might be both your cheapest and best option at shortstop. Like I said, if they don't really want him, the trade market could be a thing where you can do your change of scenery thing with somebody else's change of scenery player. And hopefully that player is at shortstop. You can have that swap. I mean, there is a guy up there in Detroit who you had on that oh, list God. there. No, 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 no. Might need a change of no. scenery. Hey, we're talking about people who hit home runs. And he doesn't hit home runs yep. anymore. But, you know, if we're doing change of scenery, who's going to give you more power, Javi Baez or Tim Anderson? And and if he does come to the White Sox ever, please continue to boo him. He plays excellently when you boo him. Excellently. Why would why would you? No. Hey, you, the, we're talking about the bottom of the barrel at shortstop. I'm not, beggars can't be choosers. I can't ask for Dansby Swanson. Yeah, we'd love to have Dansby Swanson. I would love to have any other shortstop in the league rather than what that showed up in the White Sox in 2023. That was bad. Tim was, uh, yeah, was uh, like the worst season I've ever seen out of a player of his ilk. I'd rather have Tim than Baez, though. Because the strikeouts? Well, I mean, that's, I know, because, I mean, Baez declined his strikeouts. I mean, he hasn't, he had struck out 184 times in 2021. Uh, in 2022, 147. Uh, in 2023, uh, 125. It's just the fact that he has a 361 slugging percentage in Detroit. Um, I don't know. It seemed like that dude got paid and then stopped caring. Uh, I guarantee, if you look at his numbers, I guarantee, right? And I know that's the White Sox pitching versus him. Pretty good numbers. What, what's yeah? I, you look up his numbers. It guaranteed rate field. Me too, Sleepy Harold. Sleepy Harold says he'll take uh, Isaiah Kiner Falefa over Javi. Which yes, I don't hate that because again, he gives you the ability to play the position you think defensively. Like I mean, we hear from Chris Getz, they're looking for speed and defense. I mean, if if you get a guy that can steal, I don't know what, what IKF's numbers are on the bases. Um, I'm assuming he's fast because he's little. Um, Mm, 14 no. stolen bags. I mean, yeah, 20, 22, it's and then 14. Tim does. Um, yeah, but he, I mean, Tim doesn't play the defense. No, he does not. And again, like, you're, you're not expecting any power from IKF. Um, you're just looking for him to play decent defense at whatever position that he's at. Um, I, I, I wouldn't hate that. 
because then what you're spending only if you if you do decline that option the tim the option and you only give ikf five million um you know i mean that's only six million there I don't hate that if he's going to play 104, you know, he played 158 in 2021. Um, I don't, I don't hate that because he's been pretty consistently around an 80 OPS player and he can play defensive positions. Like if it's a bridge, because we know Montgomery's coming in 2025. Yeah. I mean, IKF's a major league player. I wouldn't hate that. And again, he's better than Baez who might not even be opting out of that contract. So Baez might I mean, be an, what, an actual option. That would be the dumbest thing in the world for Javi Baez to opt out of his own contract. No one's paying him, what, $20 million on the open market? No, but I, then he get, but he doesn't, then he doesn't have to play in Detroit. I mean, I would rather sit in Detroit with 20 in my pocket than five in anywhere else. Seems like he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care, man. He fucking hates it there. I... I, I I wasn't a Detroit fan initially, but Detroit's come up a little bit after a while. I'll, hey, man, that team is all right. Spencer Torkelson starts doing his thing. They get any of those pitchers, they all those pitchers who like, left last year, and they come back healthy. I think Detroit – I've been taunting or uh, touting the Detroit Tigers as the next team in the AL Central, and it just hasn't happened. You see a little bit of Spencer Torkelson coming at the end of this last year. And if they get anything from Riley Green and the starting pitching – they can be something, not top of the league or anything, but they can be better than the White Sox. Scooble's great. Yeah. Scooble. Um, I, I, I like him. Mize has been hurt. I mean, Always. I think Matt Manning started to turn it around a little bit. Um, Rodriguez near the is end a of it. free agent, right? And he, he wanted to stay. Up. Yeah. And he wanted to stay because he didn't want to take his kids he, out of school and such. He sucks. He, He's old. He sucks. I don't know. He sucks. He's just not the White Sox could tag him. He would be a he would be a perfect White Sox for next year. Eduardo, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. No, left um, handed. If we when we strike out on Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell, I mean he's better than anything on the White Sox for sure. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, is he better than Jesse Schultons for sure? But like, you know, I mean, I don't know if the Detroit Tigers are coming up uh, because they got Erod. Um, I don't know. Uh, but what I think. Olsen or was it Olsen? Or maybe it was, uh, who was the kid they ended up throwing at the end of the year? Uh, Gibson Long. I think Gibson Long was decent. Uh, Scooble was all right for them. Um, and then I think Wentz is, is fairly young too. So, I mean, they, they got a decent amount of pitching. Um, so, eh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. And I don't even know, and to get back to uh, Sleepy Harold's point, I get $5 million you're saying for IKF. He made $6 million this year, and now he's going to be a free agent. He's not going down in price. I don't believe so. I think it would probably be up there, probably like ten. He's not good. I know he's not good, but he made six on a as a last year of a contract with the Yankees, and I think on the free agent market he'll make something. Especially since the shortstop market is not that tough, he's not at the deal with the four people I named earlier, and so it'll probably cost ten million, which is not that much. Hey, you get- could do two years, twenty million, with the second year being a team option, and see what the uh, Colson Montgomery gives you in the minors and then if he's ready to go in 2025 you say IKF it's been real or shift him over to second because we know well, they're not going to fix second base position I think he'll play every position too I mean he's like uh, he's like Romy Gonzalez like super Ro- Romy Gonzalez um, but actually decent so he's he's mid Ben Zobrist 
Yeah, mid mid is the perfect word. Yes, average Ben Zobris yes. and Romy Gonzalez is bad. Um, anyways, uh, let's uh, jump into an ad break, uh, and then we will uh, get into some mailbag questions. We'll talk a little bit more about Tim uh, within the mailbag as well. Um, so we're not abandoning the Tim Anderson option. Uh, I, I did see a podcast review, and for all the podcast listeners out there, this is for you. I do want you to give us a review if you haven't on iTunes uh, or give us a five star on Spotify. It does help. And we really would appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. And we are trying to get to 50,000 subscribers. I don't think we can do it with the 13 people currently watching, um, but hey, or 34 uh, people currently watching. But hey, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, make sure you do. Uh, but uh, we did get a review and it said uh, that there's too much witty banter in our ad reads. Banter, banter, banter. Yeah, w- witty banter. So um, this is going to be very professional. Yes. We are going to be very clean about this. Okay. Today our ad reads are not going to be silly, are not going to be funny. We are trying to advertise for the great people uh, that we work with uh, and that our sales department okay. uh, work with. And, and we, again, are trying to be extremely serious. And we're going to try to do this within two minutes. Okay? okay? All right? And if we go over... Maybe I get shot with a squirt gun. Did you bring a squirt gun? I didn't. Not not today. Okay. All right. Well, I'll be maybe timing. You should, maybe you should. two minutes. On. Oh, you are going to time it? Yeah. All right. All right. Start my clock. Now, are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy and Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. You know already about the Ray price promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. We found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership, asking things like, are you a recent college grad? Are you in the military? No. Are you a farmer? No. And in most cases, those answers, like Herb said, will be no. And that's when other dealers will raise the price on you, saying the price online included limited rebates that you do not qualify for. At Ray, that is not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. And in fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price lower than you see online. They have over 3,000 Google reviews and their average review is a 4.6. And Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram has the same amount of reviews and it's a 4.7. The people at Ray are extremely friendly and they are going to get you the best deal possible. Come on in to Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake. Find the vehicle you've been searching for and best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray price promise visit ray chevrolet in fox lake or RayChevrolet.com to see all of those prices serving the community since 1963 find new roads we also want to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings sportsbook uh the game uh, between the diamondbacks and uh phillies is about to start and i probably need to head over there and uh, check that out uh let's let's tell people though about uh nba uh, we got the bull show coming up at 4 30 nba Fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. Uh, new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build parlays across multiple games for a shot at making your parlay uh, or your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting. Just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in, uh, or visit www. 
1-800-GAMBLER.net in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit cccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort licensee partner Golden Nate Nug- Golden Nugget Lake Charles Louisiana 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bet expires 168 hours after issuance see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and despo- deposit restriction terms and responsible gambling resources did I go over two yep 249 oh it's fine that'll, that'll long no I've done that one w- there's no witty banter and we're you still did, 49 minutes you, over yeah you did the Ray one in like 105 I believe okay and then it was the massive yes. read verbatim uh, disclaimer from yes. DraftKings. Whoops. All right. Um, let's. And the, the, the light is naturally hitting you beautifully. You're glowing. And thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, I was like, he's just naturally beautiful. <laughs> hey. I'm going to look right into the sun. And Courtney's uh, very lucky. Um, all right. Let's uh, jump in. Might as well be looking in the sun. To that song? Sorry. Smash Mouth? That, yeah, that guy's going to be mad I'm singing Smash Isn't he Mouth. dead? Yeah, he just died. Um... R.I.P. R.I.P. Steve. Um, what's your thoughts, real quick? Uh, since I did read the uh, MLB, um, uh, or since I read the DraftKings thing, I just went over to DraftKings and placed a bet. Because yeah. um, I said the Phillies, when it, if it got back to uh, Philadelphia, they would suffocate the Diamondbacks. Am I am I reading that wrong, or, or does that series end t- today? It ends today. That is a different beast out there at Citizens Bank Park. They play much different. You could see the offensive numbers. I mean, I think the only one that did hit in Arizona when he was down there was Kyle Schwarber, but Kyle Schwarber's Kyle Schwarber. And that massive hit by Bryce Harper. Jesus Christ, that ball's still traveling. But <laughs> when they get home, they, as a collective, start rocking the ball. And who's pitching tonight? Is Aaron Nola versus Merrill Kelly. Yeah, game's over. I mean, <laughs> Aaron Nola is, is pretty solid at home, and Merrill Kelly's pretty good, but, you know, he gave up, what, three, four hits, or three, four runs his first start versus the Phillies, and then when that bullpen came in, it was just floodgates open. So, yeah, I think this is over. Schwarber took him deep twice, too. Mm-hmm. Um, probably will take him deep a third and fourth time. Uh, and then uh, game seven, best two words in sports. We got Rangers and Astros uh, tonight. Max Scherzer is pitching tonight. I find it very funny that Vinny did bring up that we possibly would be getting a Verlander-Scherzer matchup uh, before this season's series started in Game 7. Uh, Verlander pitched last night, so it's Scherzer versus Javier. Uh, who do you think takes it? And this one's in Houston. I want to root for Max Scherzer to shove, but I think, I think what, is have a shoulder problem? Yes. Yeah, we saw the game he pitched earlier this series. Pitched well early, and then the wheels fell off immediately. And I don't know how many earned runs he gave up to the Houston Astros, but it was a lot. It was plentiful, and they saw him perfectly. And so I'm seeing the same thing is going to happen today. Max is going to start the game off really high, really hyped up in that uh, Houston atmosphere. But eventually I think he is going to falter, and the home team is going to win their first game in this series. I agree, Um, and I think that it is kind of selfish that Scherzer's even pitching. Because I think it's very clear that you are hurt, and even though you're trying to be Superman, mm-hmm. uh, you're not. No, uh, you're hurt and you suck. Um, <laughs> the issue with Superman is uh, he's super and he doesn't suck ever, uh, unless he gets kryptonite by him. Right, and a pitcher's kryptonite usually is his shoulder and or elbow, <laughs> and he has problems. It's a like I, like you said, it's valiant of him to come back and do his thing. Is it? It is. It's stupid. I th- and I hear you saying what you say selfish. Yeah, it's it's a thing where he's trying to put himself in front of the team. And maybe Bruce Bochy 
you know, kind of believes in him. Because remember, Bruce Bochy had a horse himself in Madison Bumgarner. might have had the same type of things, but it wasn't of advanced age and wasn't as that old. But Bruce used to go to Madison when it was time for the team to go and grab a dub. And so maybe he feels the same. Like I have faith in, in Madison Bumgarner back in the day, and he showed me that my faith was warranted. And maybe Scherzer said, hey, man, that start versus the Astros wasn't me. I'll be better the second start. That just was getting off the all the all the muscle tears and the wear and tear. And now I'm ready to go. I'm pushed through that. And I guarantee I'm going to strike out 10. I don't think he is. I think he's going to get hit really hard. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be bad, 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 bad. 39. Very bad. Scherzer. Um, give it up, old man. Um, <laughs> retire. Um, he's like, no, I got a couple years on that contract. I can still just... Act like I'm hurt and collect. He's got like over 200 million. Like, just give it up. Just go sit on your pile. I don't know of money. if I would give it up. Um, yeah, I guess not. Uh, anyways, uh, let's jump into our mailbag Monday questions. And I think we'll get back to uh, Tim. We gave out the uh, the grades of FFF uh, for no, Tim. Un- unrestricted free agent after this year, so he has to give it up. Someone could sign him. No, no, no. Sorry. He's player exercise until next year. Sorry. Oh, it's fucked. Yeah, because the Texas <laughs> getting him. He's getting $43 million next year. He Pretty is, good payday for he bump is, shoulder. He is not giving up. It, why, and, like, just pitch next year. Like, he's just going to hurt himself to a point where he's just going to get surgery in the offseason. Mad Max. He's just stupid. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, let's get into uh, Mailbag Monday. Uh, we'll go to Ian first because he did get in the uh, first question. Um, over the pond and if you Across do the pond want to be a uh, diehard uh, we will tell you a little bit about that later uh, but uh, these are from our CHGO discard uh, from our lovely lovely diehards uh, Ian uh, send in this one from across the pond saying name one thing to be positive about for next season and to make it difficult no certain outfielder is allowed uh, meaning Sean cannot talk about Oscar Colas uh, or uh, Gavin Sheets not getting at bats uh, so no at bats for Oscar Colas and Gavin Sheets is too negative what it what is something truly positive about the White Sox do you have something do you need to say so, one thing positive about the outfield no 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 positive about the team all right. Like what? What is one thing that you can look forward to? And don't be sarcastic, being yeah. like, "All the bad players are gonna be gone." Like, and I'm gonna say this serious and not trying to jinx it. The positive of the 2024 White Sox is that it cannot get worse. I know I said that about the 81 and 81 White Sox in 2022, but. I, you can't lose more than 101 games if you have this much talent. Yes, they had this much talent this year, but everything went wrong for this team. Like, they traded all their pretty much their whole pitching staff. They were hurt all the time. Depth was an issue again. And they got rid of the two people who constructed this team. Now, I don't have any faith in the person that is constructing the new team, but... I know that person's going to have a better record in his first season than the last record that Rick Hahn had because it's definitely having these players back, having another year of Luis Robert, having bounce-back seasons from all these players. I mean, especially at the top of the rotation with Dylan Cease specifically. Like, he had a very mediocre to bad season this year where he eventually finished it up really nice and you know posting is a good thing but the numbers were nowhere near we were what we were expecting for Dillon C so you're going to get a good year from him you're going to get a good year hopefully from the people that Brian Bannister fixes 
and it won't be worse than last year. And an actual positive, I think that you're going to get a better Andrew Vaughn with his second year playing full-time at first base and being the undisputed guy at first base with Jose Abreu way out of the picture and nobody comparing him to Jose Abreu. He can relax and say, this is my job. I can just go out and do my job and hit away. So you're going to get a better year from Andrew Vaughn. I don't know if that's 35 home runs, but I think it's more of, okay, now I see why they drafted him third overall in the 2019 draft. Best of luck with your Andrew Vaughn hopes. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I was already on that train. We could switch roles if you want. I mean, like, <laughs> sure, dude. I mean, he's, he's fine. Um, I, 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 there was a comment saying, like, Sean doesn't know ball. Uh, uh, not not here. Uh, on, a, on the Andrew Vaughn report card grade thing. Okay, and I was like, what, what am I missing? Like, what what, what about Vaughn has been? He's just gonna get. He's just gonna get an opportunity. I think it. It's just, just <laughs> they have nobody else to play. They weren't <laughs> the only ones that saying that he was that guy. No, I believe I know that, and yeah. I again like I remember who I was before oh, yeah. the season. Oh yeah, I mean, just what about twenty twenty three makes you feel that way? I just think that that player is in there. Nothing about the year that he was doing. I think he's just a good hitter that is on a bad organization, and hopefully does like Paul Conner- Paul Conner- does like uh, Lucas Giolito did in his bad year, where he went and sought, like Brian Bannister says, sought people that were teaching him when he was a good player, when he was hitting well, when he was doing his thing at University of California at Berkeley, seeing those people and saying, okay, what's my swing like? Because they just fired the whole hitting staff pretty much, and he has no one to consult there, really no one to talk to as far as what should be my offseason plan. Now he has to go out and find his own, and I think that will uh, benefit him, and I think the hitter that we're supposed to be seeing will show its face more often than not in 2024. Um, yeah, the, the one, I guess the guy, uh, main street campaign said Jung is batting eighth behind Semyon and Seager and others, uh, that Vaughn doesn't have in front of him. Um, beef have put out the thing, like putting where Andrew Vaughn would be in all of the AL, uh, lineups. He's like, not like OPS wise. He's not better than like, he's usually around like seven, eight to nine. And then on some teams, he's not even on the team, like not even in the lineup. He's like, like, he's just not that good. And I understand that they're. There's no help in front of him. Like no. there, I guess there's Luis Robert Jr. He's pretty good. Um, but, but that's the White Sox. In front of him. Yeah, the White Sox had the worst one-two in all of baseball with Anderson and Benatendi. So like, I understand like maybe the protection isn't there, but like, I feel like we were saying that last year. Like I don't know. I don't I'm know. just like I, I, I. There's nothing in Vaughn's confidence that is sticking out. There's nothing about this guy when he steps up to the plate that I feel confident in. I don't know if he's confident. And you see like Drew Timmy getting cut by the Bucks. Like this is a former top high schooler, um, you know, former top player at Gonzaga. And then, you know, how he can't make it in the NBA. Yep. That just happens. You know, I mean like these guys were great against 16 year olds. And then he just kind of never matured past that 16 year old body. Like the whole joke about Andrew Vaughn is that he's short. Yes. If he was bigger, he might be hitting more home runs. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if he's a major leaguer. And I, I think we've seen, what, over 1,200 no, at major bats? leaguer. That's 100%. You know he's a major leaguer. He's just I not, don't. He's just not can, shown to be an average major leaguer. Can he play good defense at first base? <sighs> See, that's the thing. Like, via eyes, yeah. He gets 
two balls, and those balls pretty much are going to be caught and or thrown to first. But does he have a lot of range? No, he's slow. Does he have a lot of potential to grow? No. Because he's slow and he's short. And it's not going to be faster when he gets older. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's got, he's got limited defensive ability. And it, so far, like, he has the prowess and pedigree of a hitter. That was five years ago. No, but last year you just did a whole nice piece. And I don't know if it's still on allchgo.com. I'm sure it is. Nope. It was a nice, long piece with infographics, videos, all that stuff. That's still there. Yes, he only spent a one year and now you're off the train. I know, but you're you're back on the train. You and Beefloaf have to keep this up. And I know he's winning right now. I know he's dominating because he says that Andrew Vaughn is not a player and you were on that Andrew Vaughn is a champion. And now you can't just be done after a year. He's not going to be this mediocre next year. It's- Pretty bad year. Um, AV was better than Abreu this year. Uh, you're right about that, Melissa. But Abreu was also horrendous. Uh, I don't know if it's he's he was better than a 36 year old man and back problems too. <laughs> back problems. I I just I don't know. I, I I just I don't know. And and the thing too, uh, Josh Young also batted uh, 98 times uh, uh, in the fifth spot for the Rangers this year. So he might not be batting. Uh, at the fifth spot for the team in the postseason, but he batted 98 times in the regular season. So, I mean, he was a very important part, and he was drafted behind Andrew uh, Vaughn. Uh, so was Corbin Carroll. What's your positivity? Um, yeah, this I really tanked the positivity for that one. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's what it's about, having a back and forth and a good take. I, I, I love Andrew Vaughn, and I really, really hope that he does well uh, for this team. Like, I, I, I'm not rooting against him. I just... I don't know if it's him uh, or if he's him. Um, so I know you brought up Dylan Cease and you said it was kind of a stinky season uh, for him. But I, I do want to kind of drive home how important it is that he posted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to include 2020 just because he, he made every start he could. Um, I don't think he was injured at all in 2020. Um, so uh, including those stats, um, in, including 2021, 2022, 2023, uh, 24 to 27 years, seasons, right? Um, Dylan C's had a ERA plus over those years of 119. Um, That's the same as Spencer, uh, Spencer Strasburg, uh, Steven Strasburg uh, had. It's the same as around where Mike Mussina had. Uh, It's the same as where Bob Gibson had. it's the same and even better than where Justin Verlander was uh, at 24 to 27. Um, it's, I think, huge. And obviously his numbers are a little different just because he's not throwing, you know, like all those innings, 2000 innings like yeah. Pud Galvin was in <laughs> 1881. Pud. Um, but like, this is something that is experience. We talk about this with starting quarterbacks and I feel like quarterbacks and pitchers are, are probably like the, the easiest comparison yeah. uh, to at least football to uh, baseball. And you see Tyson Bajant step in and have a, a really decent start against a bad Raiders defense uh, where he had to, you know, stay away from Max Crosby, get the ball out um, and just support the run game. And he did a really good job Perfect. and he you know, was, was able to step into that role because of experience because he played, you know, 50 plus games at the college level, mm-hmm. it, it, even though it was D2, he played 50 games. You see Brock Purdy's success. The reason why he's having some success is because he's not afraid of stepping into a game because he stepped into 60 college games at Iowa State and with a competent coach and, you know, a ton of studs around him like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, he's able to, you know, rock and roll. Um, 
I think while it wasn't a season to write home about with Cease, uh, while it wasn't a size Cease year in 2023, you look at a guy like Aaron Nola, who also is posting and he kind of has this back and forth where he'll be, you know, a, a 120 ERA plus, then like an 80 ERA plus, uh, then like a 115 ERA plus. Like, I think it's so important that Cease goes out and gives you 34 starts each and every time. And he has shown that he can do that. There really hasn't been any like soreness. There hasn't been any, uh, you know, rough go with it. It seems like this guy has all the mechanics, all of the uh, balance, all of the biomechanics uh, to be a true starting pitcher. And you need five of them. If he's the ace, he's the ace. If he's not, he's not. But you could see just when you pay enough of these guys, especially in the postseason, whether it's Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola, you need a guy to step up and you yes. need a guy to be there. And both of those guys are there at the end of the year. Cease, I know, will be there at the end of the year and ready for playoff pitching if the White Sox ever get there. And yes, he might not have been a Cy Young in 2023, but we saw how good he was in 2022, how absolutely dominant he was. And if he gets a better coach with Brian Bannister, this kid is going to go to the moon. I don't think that you can write him off just because, you know, he had a, what, a 119 ERA plus? What was this ERA plus in 2023? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot worse than the 180. Uh, oh, yeah, 98. 98 ERA plus uh, to, uh, from 180 last so year. So, like, like, league average. Right, yeah. I mean, he went from 80% better than uh, an average pitcher to an average pitcher. Bad. Not good. I'm not trying to, you know, sell you that, you know, that's definitely a bounce back. Twenty twenty three was a good pitching, but he's also he's he's twenty eight. Yeah, like he's twenty eight and he's thrown a ton of he's made a ton of starts. Like awesome. he's done everything you needed to ask ask for him to. The experience is crucial. I am so excited to see what he can do. Just because there was nothing that stuff wise concerned me. He needs to be better with his location, and you can work and practice and become more balanced and 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 you know really hammer those things home in the offseason. Dylan Cease can do that. And I, I, I think that, you know, if you, you aren't feeling positive about the White Sox pitching rotation, I think you can be feeling confident about Cease. And as I said with Tim, this is not Cease's contract year, but it's its second arbitration year. And so this is the year to establish who the hell you are. If the White Sox do want to move on from him after next year, having a good season, this in 2024 – is going to lend them to getting some prospects back and also probably them willing to trade Dylan Cease because if he pitches at the top of the rotation like he did in 2022, he's going to be commanding a big-time number. Remember, Scott Boris is his agent. He will probably get into free agency, and we already heard that Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like to do the long-term deals. He will be one of those pitchers that you say, oh, man. He's going to be commanding from the Yankees, from the Red Sox, from the, the Dodgers of the world, and the White Sox. And we're like, all right, peace out. So this year is the more important year, I believe, for his White Sox career than 2025 because he can establish his trade market and then also after that establish his free agent market in 2025 after that season. Yeah, I, and I mean, again, we're just kind of sitting here waiting. I, if the White Sox can decline Tim Anderson's option, they could possibly decline Liam Hendricks' option, and they could trade Dylan Cease this offseason. I don't know if I'd be shocked. I mean, I, I, honestly, I would be shocked if they traded Dylan Cease this offseason. I would off really be shocked. I, like it, Absolutely floored I would if they be, traded him. I would, be more, I would be more shocked that they fired Rick and Kenny when they did. Like At, at the moment when they fired Rick and Kenny— 
I'd be more shocked than them trading Cease this offseason. I can I have some inkling that they they could trade Cease, right? It seems like they explored that at the deadline. They did. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they re-explore that at the offseason, especially after it's a completely new, different guy in charge mm-hmm. uh, with Chris Getz. Maybe that's something that he explores. I don't know if I'd be as shocked as the time when, you know, Jerry pulled the trigger and fired those guys. But I just, like, it wouldn't be the same message that Jerry and uh, Chris have said, where if you trade Cease, that, to me, triggers an, um, a rebuild, a full-scale rebuild, because then you have no actual major league starters in that rotation. And I know people can say, you have Michael Kopech. As I said, you have no actual major league starters in that rotation because Michael Kopech has not established himself as a major league starter. At least this year, he didn't really five and dive. If you're lucky, you got five. And so that would trigger something that I think most White Sox fans would would enjoy. A new, another rebuild with a different guy, even though the guy that is in charge is not qualified. I just don't want to go through this sludge of doing the same shit for years on years on years while Chris Getz learns the job on on the job and then waking up five years from now and not further along in the process. If you just start the process now, five years from now, maybe we might be good. But I know if we continue on this path, we're just going to be bad without Luis Robert at the end of the five years. It's fun. It's it is very fun. fun time. I, that was my time. positive right there. Sorry, Ian. I hope you uh, listen to this when you wake up and don't get it too offended by my English accent. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think I heard it. It's bad. Well, why don't you do it with the diehard read when it comes up? Uh, uh, timing, because we'll, we'll do it. I can't. Dude doesn't like to be doing stuff, and he like, no wit. like to be doing stuff. Dude who's like, oh, witty banter. Don't be witty banter and do the reads. Oh, so, oh, you can't do your English accent. Yeah, that's kind of witty oh, that's banter. Right. That's, I got to be all no, you're right. we have buttoned to, up and like, the diehard program is yeah. the greatest thing ever. Well, let me Come. tell, let me tell Go people. Go to allchgo.com. Let me tell people about the Circa first. Uh, download the Circa Sportsbook app. It's the world's largest sportsbook at your fingertips. They have tight money line splits and a low model hold where games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 15 or minus 120 split, um, which again, if you are seeing a minus 115 or minus 120, uh, compare that to a minus 110. Uh, if, if you're paying minus 110 for uh, the same prop, you are just giving like, you know, sorry. If it's 110 on Circa and on a different sportsbook, it's minus 120. You are just giving the other sports book more money. Yes. Circa is just trying to be more friendly to the better. And if you have a bet that you think is going to win, Circa is here for you. Um, you think about the Philadelphia Phillies game. I, I said that they're going to, uh, you know, smother the Diamondbacks in Philadelphia. Who has the best line for the Phillies money line? Circa Sportsbook. Uh, their high app limits and transparency. Uh, Circa does not limit players based on their winnings, and every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do win, 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 limit winnings. So not only are they trying to give you the, the highest payout, but they're also not going to limit you if you are a good better. And there are also real people behind Circa Sportsbook uh, who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbox. And all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circa Sports. Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates. Just had a very excess, uh, successful uh, tailgate uh, yesterday for the Raiders game. We got another one coming up for the Panthers game on November 9th. Uh, so come s- check out Circa then. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER 
2537-TEXT-GMB833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. And if you want to go to these tailgates that Sean was talking about, we had a great one yesterday, as he said. The next one that we have is on November 9th. Become a CHGO diehard and you get 20% off of that tailgate. All of our events, all of our merch. I am wearing a brick by brick merch shirt right now. So you get 20% off of this shirt and every shirt you buy in the future. But when you first become an all CH all CHGO diehard member, you get a free t-shirt of your choice. You get that, you get some stickers, you get a membership card, and you get to talk to us in the CHGO Discord Lounge. I talk to some of these people all the time who you see right there. Ian Robo, who wrote our Die Hard uh, mailbag question, is in our Die Hard uh, Discord uh, right now. So we have podcasts and live shows every day with every team. Post-game shows, the Bulls will have one, I think, tomorrow is when the NBA season starts. The Blackhawks have one every time the Blackhawks and Connor Bedard play. Premium written content for all members, allchgo.com, from Vinny Duber, from Jay Zawasi, from Greg Boyce, and from Adam Hogue and the boys at the Bears. Gottlieb, the GOAT. Like I said, 20% off all events. We got a meetup with the, the Blackhawks, have a November 4th meetup at the United Center, 20% off of that if you become a CHGO diehard. Dirt, dope merch for all teams, a free shirt when you become a member. And like I said, the members only die, diehard Discord, the CHGO Lounge. Now, for the next tailgate, which is November 9th versus the Panthers, X-Golf will be giving away a $200 gift certificate to any of their Chicagoland locations. Find the X-Golf nearest you at playxgolf.com slash Chicagoland. Great job, Herb. Also, finally, want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. They helped us design this uh, lovely new Studio B. Uh, I don't think any other bobbleheads, at least the Sox ones, are in here. Oh, well. They're all they Studio A. Because the they're, you know, the A-team. Yeah. These, are, these are prime bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> Go check them out at foco.com. That's F O C O.com or click a link in the description below for all non presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Get fitted in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. They have a lovely Andrew Benatendi, Arkansas Razorback bobblehead. Uh, they get really uh, unique. Uh, on foco.com you can find some very 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 uh specific things on foco.com game of thrones socks they have socks game of thrones socks oh, oh yeah, right. yeah. They, they got the game of thrones uh yohan mancata uh, bobblehead as well uh so go check out the foco.com uh website the foco.com or click click the link in the description below for online pre-sale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off okay let's get back into the diehard mailbag and uh as herb was saying uh check out all chgo.com do want to become a diehard uh melissa is a uh diehard she's hanging out with us in the chat she says uh we have a great article on Southside socks today about season as mechanics uh shout out to luke smales i think it's like snails but with an m uh or smales yeah, uh so uh, right. shout out to luke uh and i will have to check that out because brought him up today and Probably would have helped me have a more uh, informed take. Uh, but Melissa, with it being uh, the day of game two from 2005 uh, with uh, Paul Knurko's Grand Slam yep. and Scott Podsednik's walk-off, uh, she writes in uh, asking, what are your favorite memories of 2005? Thinking about 
the time. Nope, you just had it, Melissa. Yep. Uh, Since the World Series time, I'd love to hear from each of you uh, your memories from 2005, thinking about happier times. Uh, So I'll force you to be positive since it was the greatest day of your life on October 26th. It was. Um, That series lasted from October 22nd, my mom's birthday, yesterday. Happy birthday, mom. Um, To to October 26th. That's amazing. Just real quick, four games and out. (laughs) Um, The first two games, I remember I watched from... Timothy O'Toole's, and then because of score, I was working at score at the time, had a um, remote show there. And so we just invited a bunch of people, and people from Timothy O'Toole's were already there. Everybody was hyped, and we had a great time. Game one was pretty easy. They dominated Roger Clemens, uh, Jermaine Dye home run to hit in the first inning, I believe, and they pretty much walked to the victory. The Canerco game, uh, Pesednik slash Canerco game, I remember the Jermaine Dye at bat in that game is because – he did the AJ where he didn't get hit by the pitch. The bat, the bat got hit by the pitch. And AJ or uh, Jermaine acted like he was getting hit by the pitch and went to first base. And, of course, there was no replay back then. And so he just went to first base. The next batter, Paul Canerco, hits the grand slam. And, of course, Houston comes back with uh, Vizcaino being doing his Jose Vizcaino things. And then you get the walk off from Podsedic. His only his second home run of the year. Both of those home runs in the playoffs. One versus Boston. One right there to walk it off versus the Astros. And then game three and game four ended the same day, October 26th. Because game four, uh, three was 14 innings. Of course, the quality, awesome at bat by Jeff Blum, former Houston Astro, dominating those people. And now he's still a Houston Astros uh, mm-hmm. uh, announcer. And so it must be weird for him to be down there when he hurt their hearts when they're a National League team. And then I stayed up for that until like 1 o'clock. And then the next day, all these things were a blur. Like, we didn't know what we were getting into. Like, the White Sox only lost the game versus Paul Bird in the first game of the ALCS. And so all that, like the Boston three-game set, quick. The five games versus Anaheim, really quickly. And the four games versus Houston. Like, they went by so fast because the White Sox played – and they did everything right. Whatever could go right that year went right. Mm-hmm. Very little injuries. Everybody performed at the 90th percentile. Freddie Garcia pitched that last game and threw a, a what? Had no one, no runs. And you got the Jermaine Dye single to score. Current Cubs third base coach, Willie Harris. <laughs> I was at the score studio with Jay Zawoski running the board for Lawrence Holmes' uh, show when they won the World Series. I remember Jay, as a Cub fan who had just converted to a Cub fan from a White Sox fan, allowed me to go and cheer because uh, I was running the board at the time. He allowed me to go and run around the score studios at that time and celebrate their first championship in 88 years. <laughs> uh, something we haven't done is a sporkle of the 2005 team. So That's pretty easy. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll I'll dominate that. We'll have to, we'll have to uh, do that for you. Because, again, no injuries. So it's probably what, 20, 25 players, 27 players because it's just Frank. Frank, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Dustin Hermanson went on the I.L. and so did Shingo Takatsu. But that was it. And But those guys going on the I.L. gave us Bobby Jenks. There you go, friends. Um, yeah, I was eight, so I don't really remember it too vividly. Um, I remember being outside. Uh, my dad had a TV in the garage uh, for the A.J. drop third strike. Uh, I remember just not being sure of what happened, uh, just being completely confused. And then me looking at my dad being like, you've been alive for like 25 years. Tell me what's going on. He's like, I don't know. Um, Cause nobody knew what the hell was going on. Uh, watching on that same TV, uh, 
West Coast games. Uh, I mean, staying up late uh, and and just enjoying like a, a nice what like September uh, night. Or I guess it would be September, right? Uh, early October, yeah. Uh, early October night uh, for for those Anaheim series, uh, and just feeling so cool that I got to stay up late to watch <laughs> baseball. Um, and then the World Series. I just remember the moments. Like yeah. I just remember the grants. I am. I just remember the walk off from Pauly. Um, I just remember the the Jeff Blum moment. I just remember the the Jermaine die um, single back up the middle. Um, like I, I maybe that's just because those highlights stick out to me so much. Yeah. Um, but I can bet your bottom dollar that I was absolutely sleeping during the Jeff Blum uh, oh. 11, 12, and 13th innings. And then I, I remember waking up at some point because I did watch that live. Okay. But I, I, I don't remember the 11th, 12th, and 13th inning. Um, so uh, shout out to B and 8. And I know Jeff Blum gets the credit, and I pretty much brought it up that he was the person who got the winning home run. But A.J. Przinski's hit off of Roy Oswald. I think the Astros are winning that game like 5-1 to one early in the game. And A.J. almost hit. And you remember they used to have Talis Hill back there? Mm-hmm. He almost hit it past Talis Hill. Like, he hit it, I think, up against the wall. He absolutely demolished the ball off of Roy uh, Oswald, who was rolling at that point. And that pretty much threw Roy off the track. And then the White Sox uh, mounted a comeback versus Oswald and the boys. Hell, yeah. Um, now I got to look up game three highlights. Uh, let's see. Was it probably be the like sixth the fifth inning? inning six, fifth, sixth inning? Um, it's Roy Oswald. Last time AJ. Yeah. Uh, AJ didn't end up knocking him out. So yeah, uh, Roy Oswald ended up pitching up the, the six and retiring four. No, I'm uh, saying but, he was rolling before that. And oh yeah. That hit was brought us some runs in. Yeah. Top of the fifth. It was, it was four, nothing. Uh, Creedy let off with a homer. Uh, to make it uh, 4-1. Uh, and then Juan single to left uh, to put a runner on. Garland struck out because pitchers were padding. Uh, Scott Putz had Nick signal to right. Uh, and then that moved Uribe to second. Aguchi singled to center, scoring Uribe. Uh, Pods went to second. JD singled to center. Podsegnik scored. And then Aguchi to second base. Uh, and then AJ cleared it, uh, bringing in Aguchi and Jermaine Die to make Absolutely it a destroyed that ball. 4-3 game. Like, I don't know if you guys or remember. 5-4, I'm sorry, 5-4. Uh, Roy Oswald, but he was dominant. And then the, for the White Sox, a team like that to hit a, at the time, maybe not a number one, but close to it, Roy Oswald, yeah, it was very big time. I thought that game was cashed. We're going to be going to the next game, and we're going to be trying to go against, I think, Brandon Backey or some shit like that in game four, who pitched well in game four. And then, no, it didn't work out. Yeah, and uh, that, that Roy Oswald, uh, 2004, 2005, 2006, Cy Young finishes of third, fourth, and uh, fourth. So, top, so of the, top of the league. Pretty damn good. And also, that dude, embarrassment of riches. He pitched in a rotation with Andy Pettit yep. and Roger Clemens in 2005, and then he was on that stupid Phillies team that had oh, Cliff yeah. Lee, Roy uh, Oswald, Roy Halliday, Cole Hamels, Oof. like just annoying uh, levels of, of riches uh, from that Phillies team in 2010. Uh, and, hey, uh, they, they didn't even deliver. They couldn't even win. Yeah, uh, I heard there was a story, like somebody told recently about Roy Oswald getting electrocuted and his arm pretty much being better than it was before because he had some, like, soreness in his shoulder he was working on something at his house and he got a got some volts of electricity to his arm and he's like haven't had problems since i do not recommend that kids don't get electrocuted at all firstly and especially if you're a pitcher 
it was 1999. I was at Class A ball, Midwest League. My shoulder felt like it was turn, torn. It hurt so much I couldn't sleep at night. I had to take six Advil to go to sleep. It was just killing me. After a month, I got home after the playoffs and it was still killing me. There was definitely something torn. There was no way it could be hurt this much with just tendonitis. I told my wife, I'm going to have to call the doctor. I was outside working on my truck, checking the spark plug wires. I grabbed one spark plug wire and the truck started and the current just started shooting bolts through me. That made the muscle in my hand tighten up. So, uh, I couldn't let go of the thing. I was holding on to it for what felt like two days, uh, but probably it was just a minute. I couldn't let go. Finally, my foot slipped off the bumper and I got thrown off. Uh, when I got up, my arm felt better. I went home to my wife. You're never going to believe what just happened. About a week later, I couldn't feel any pain at all and haven't since. What the fuck? <laughs> 60 seconds is a very long time with that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, uh, well, Hey, I mean, Max Scherzer. Before tonight's game, we were talking about the shoulder issues. Go find a faulty spark. truck and just, you know, touch a couple spark plugs. See what you can do. He'll be fine. Um, and, and Melissa's right. The rotation was fire for the Sox. But again, like, that, those were all the the best seasons for the Sox. Yes. When you look at that team on paper, they weren't picked to win the World oh, Series. No. Like, Fourth place, some, some publications. And that's honestly the, the thing that I'm bringing up with Cease is Cease is going to give you 34 starts. And once it's the playoffs, you need them to be on. And you look at what Zach Wheeler's doing. You look at what um, Nola's doing. Like, they're on. They they weren't on during the, the, the season. They only won 90 games. But, hey, um, you know, it seems like they're rocking and rolling right now. Um, okay, I think we have one final question. But this is the one that I think we need more time anyways uh, to do. So we'll bring it up from AJ. Um, we always appreciate his very uh, creative questions. And here he is again. Uh, it's Baseball Kid asking. Maybe this will be its own segment. It will. Uh, but I would love a tier list of food rankings uh, for the guaranteed rate field. Uh, so we can make a little T. We can S tier, tier and A tier. B tier, C tier, D tier. We could we could rank these. Yes. Maybe okay. we have a season ticket holder come in and help us uh, figure out the rankings. I'm in. All right, cool. All right. So and I don't even know if AJ's a guy or girl. I think AJ's a guy. Uh, I, I would assume. I'm, pre- I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, but I don't know. Maybe it's a, I mean, we're, we're all human. Yeah, we are. Or, or maybe AJ's AI. AJ, AI, pretty similar. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox crew. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Wall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah Fichter for thanks. producing the show. Uh, and, and thanks for figuring out uh, the whole Jay looking like Herb. Yeah, I don't, I mean, being pale, I'm not good for it. I love technology. <laughs> Technology is very fun. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Thank you for hanging out with us and hit uh, a thumbs up button uh, on your way out. Goodbye. Y'all silly like the mayor. 